Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, folks, welcome back to to, to the latest Mountain West Wire podcast, MWR.com. You know who it is, Matt Kennerly, Jeremy Moss, myself here, chatting about the, uh, we're going with the Potato Bowl, famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Are you excited? I'm always excited for bowl games. Did you happen to watch La Tech SMU tonight at all? I have not had a chance to see that particular game, but I have seen... You don't need to. You do not need to. <laughs> I've, I've seen the uh, the Twitter highlights. I've seen the uh, you know the Simpsons gifts, the stop, stop, they're already dead yeah. gifts, you know. American power, everybody. Oh boy! Are you do? Do you do the? Um, I know this is sort of off topic. Did you do any bull mania like conference pick this year for any reason? I I usually do. I didn't get a chance to do it this time around. No. Yeah, we should set one up. We did it, but that's okay. I'm in one because well, I might be able to get a few bucks if I win it all. But you know what? I found a cool, a, a nice little not trick, but kind of a food for thought when you're making these picks and. If here's what I go with: If your team has a new coach, do not pick them to win, and pick high confidence points as well. You know, I'm sure somebody's done a study on that on on coaches who are interim coaches, how often they win and how often they lose. Yeah, I'm pretty sure not me, but it makes sense, though, right? For the I mean, most part, because if I'm not mistaken, before he got hired at Fresno State, Tim DeRuiter was the interim coach for a bowl game at Texas A&M. And I'm pretty sure the Aggies won that game. Okay. In retrospect, you know, <laughs> maybe not that meaningful, but it is something worth, you know, something interesting to think about. It is. And I was a dummy and only chose Law Tech with a nine-point confidence out of 41. Yeah. <laughs> Dang it. I'll get to win, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I don't know. That's just something I thought of. So, that's, so that could come into play. Any of our bowl games have a new coach? I don't think so. Uh, not that I'm aware of, especially with what we're going to be talking about tonight. No, their coach tonight got an extension. We're talking Central Michigan versus uh, Wyoming. Wait, wait, no, SMU. They, Chad Morris, that's why, right? Yeah, yeah, that's why I'm talking about that. Yeah, that's oh, why I picked okay. Law Tech. That's why I brought that up for my confidence because Sonny Dykes took over and he's, I guess, gotcha. coaching now or something. But, yeah, that's the reason I took Law Tech. Normally, SMU, they're pretty good. They got the, uh, who's the receiver? Um, Cortland Sutton. Yeah, Sutton there has a pretty good receiver. So also Trey Trey Quinn also pretty good, but apparently not tonight. Not tonight. Yeah, American Power. What's the is how many bowl games has the American won? Just the or have they won any yet? No, this is the first one. Oh, also about bowl games, real quick. I saw I saw something from Matt Stevens, who's now at the Denver Post, talking about the American plays four Power Five conferences. Mountain West plays zero or plays one. Yeah, it's kind of misleading. You because you know, um, first off, they got the uh, Power Bowl bid. Which mm-hmm. credit to them, obviously, but it's not their bowl tie-in. And the other one, SMU, I or not SMU, geez, I'm looking at the their score here for some reason. But Memphis versus Iowa State, that was a uh, trade-off for a new bowl game, so it's not like they are automatically going to play them. So technically, they only get two. So those who are complaining, or if you happen to hear this, and why does the Mountain West play only one and they get four? That's why. There so, you go. Look a little deeper, folks. I'll we'll just look at the matchups. But we're going to talk about, like I said, the one matchup: Central Michigan. Versus Wyoming, 
Um, it's an afternoon game on on Friday, so if you're not working, definitely check the game out. If you are working, definitely check the game out somehow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you if you are working, just set it up on your phone. Nobody's gonna notice. Yeah, get your tablet. I got a Note Eight. That's pretty much a tablet itself. The Galaxy Note Eight. <laughs> just yeah, uh, you, pop you, just, you have your workstation, and then you have your cell phone, kind of hidden out of sight. You know, then or kind of sneak a peek every so often. Yeah, or if you have the dual screen, two two monitor setup, go or even, with that. Or even just the radio broadcast. Yeah, do something. But take this game. It's a two o'clock local time. It's a again. I I am hoping and sending good thoughts that there's no ice rink like last year because that game was exciting as it was with Idaho and Colorado State. I don't want to see guys just slide around when they try to stop and go an extra twelve yards. Yeah, I forget who exactly. Didn't somebody tear an ACL in that game last year? Uh, I know Marvin Kinsey tore it prior during bowl practice, I think. But I don't know if it was that bad. Because I, 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 I do remember Izzy Matthews slipping and falling after a touchdown. Yeah, falling his butt in the end zone, I think. <laughs> yeah. I don't recall, but really quick. Um, so the weather for this game, you know it would be nice? If you click on the AccuWeather link on ESPN, it'll take you to the actual city. Not the case. It's expected to be precipitation in 36 degrees in the afternoon, so it's going to be cold. If you're a Boise fan, go show up and go go show up and watch this game. Go find out what's all about the chips. See what Wyoming has, because as we found out, um, I guess um, what today, Tuesday, you wrote an article on it today on no, Wednesday. Excuse me, Josh Allen is back. You're going to play. Not a moment too soon. Yeah, and it, I don't. I think this is a pretty bad kept secret because earlier in the week he's been practicing with the ones. But the dead giveaway was him bowling the other night. It's like if you could bowl, yeah, you're gonna I mean, <laughs> you're gonna play. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I think for for all of the inconsistency that he's shown this year, and I think if you're going to use one word to describe Josh Allen at this point, it's inconsistent. He still represents a step up from what Nick Smith was able to provide them in the last two games against Fresno State and San Jose State because. You know, especially when they wanted to throw the ball, you know, it was basically for three quarters in both games, he just, or even three and a half quarters, you could say, he just didn't have any, any way of doing that, more or less. It was, you know, they rallied in the fourth quarter both times, both times ended up coming up a little bit short. So I think that at a minimum, you know, if you're, if you're Wyoming and you're trying to be balanced, which, you know, this year more Ooh. often than not, easier Yikes. said than done. But, I mean, they were able to run a little bit in the finale against San Jose State. And when I look at this Central Michigan defense, I do think that there may be some opportunities to run there. But, I mean, it's kind of huge ifs all the way around. You know, so even if, for instance, Kellen Overstreet or Trey Woods, for example, if they can combine for, I don't know, four and a half yards per carry... You know, first big question is: Is Josh Smith or Josh Allen rather going to be consistent enough to be able to take advantage of the opportunities he's given? We'll see. Yeah, because uh, here's the Western Michigan dress defense on a per uh, per play basis. Overall, they're okay, like in the MAC, but per play basis, they're sitting like four and a half, which is still pretty good, four point two. Yeah. So that's I guess nationally that's just okay. But here's one big number I'm looking at: twenty seven touchdowns allowed this year. That's true. I think that's a lot. Am I, am I correct in thinking that's quite a bit? 
I mean, I don't think you are. And you know, even if you narrow it to conference play, you know, they the the yards per carry goes up a little bit to four point two yards allowed, but it's still sixteen touchdowns in eight MAC games. Which you know, if you look through the game log, there's really no. I mean, there's a couple of games that kind of skew it maybe a little bit because Toledo basically ran them out the door. Mm-hmm. You know, they ran for 310 yards, five and a half yards per carry. And Western Michigan did the same. They had to survive the the Broncos in early November. They averaged almost six yards a carry. So I think if you want to look a little bit closer, you could see that they've done well against, I guess what you could say, teams in the MAC that aren't necessarily known for running the ball particularly well. And if you look at their last three games in particular, Eastern Michigan, Kent State, Northern Illinois, you know, the Huskies are probably the best team in that bunch. But, you know, by yards per carry, you know, none of them averaged more than 3.7. So I think if you're looking for a place to start wondering where this matchup could turn one way or the other, it's, you know, Central Michigan maybe a little bit better down the stretch as far as stopping the run game and Wyoming really is scuffling with that all season long. So is it the passing game perhaps? Because their pass defense is near, basically the opposite. Instead of being top third in rush defense, they're bottom third at least conference wise and that Toledo game, which is kind of interesting because they have Logan Woodside. He only I'm saying only here, but three hundred yards <laughs> passing, that's it in that game, essentially. And that seems below his average, I believe. Like, they've had games like hit or miss, like, wag- well, it's Wagner. I'm not going to include them. Sorry. Northern Illinois scored 35 points, but only threw the ball 11 times against them for, like, yeah. 50, for like 60 yards. They're, like, 127 versus Akron. Kent State 119, then Central Michigan. Wait, am I right team? Oh, I'm looking at the wrong team here, folks. I'm looking at Western Michigan. What am I doing here? <laughs> I was like, wait a second. Too many Michigan. Mich- so- wait, they're the best at pass defense. I apologize, folks. I Too many Michigans. E- Eastern, Central, Western. <laughs> you got to make sure you get the right directional Michigan next time. No kidding. I apologize, folks. Um, yeah, Central Michigan, never mind. Um, I, they are best in pass defense the, in the MAC conference. I guess one area that's positive is that they do have what, Shane Morris, former uh, Michigan quarterback. Is that correct? That is correct. They do have 19 interceptions on the year. That's there, true. Thir- was it 13 by him, I believe? Yeah, I believe in his three keys to victory, um, our Wyoming writer, Jesse Tachikin, did mention that Central Michigan, if I'm not mistaken, number one in the country in takeaways. But they have night. Oh, he, he mentioned turnovers as a key battle. I'm just I'm just fixated on the six interceptions when they played Rhode Island. That I they that is off. correct. They do have 30, 31 total takeaways this year. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, takeaways. Sorry, I'm which looking is, wrong. Yeah, which but, is actually oh, interesting. Geez. It's a lot. And it's actually interesting because Wyoming is tied for second. So both these teams have taken the ball away combined 61 times this year. Jeez. That's kind of I, absurd. I get 11 is in two games. But I don't care if you're, I don't care who you're playing, Rhode Island or whomever. If you can pick off a team six times, you're pretty good. And they've only allowed a touchdown yeah. a game, it looks like, I think. Just one TD per game. Yeah, and I mean, you know, some teams had to kind of throw to catch up against this team, apparently, because they did give up five touchdowns in the last three games. Those mm-hmm. same three teams, Eastern Michigan, Kent State, Northern Illinois. But at the same time, they also picked off eight passes. So, you know, there was, a, I think, a lull in the middle of that max schedule in the middle of the season where, you know, even if teams weren't necessarily doing that much through the air, there were some teams like Toledo and Western Michigan that were able to do damage on the ground. It, it's and, weird, you know, Toledo. Late, it no touchdowns like, allowed. 
It's pretty good. Yeah, and I was going to say, and and late, it kind of seems like that was when the defense really started hitting its stride. Because it's not as though this Chippewas team doesn't have playmakers. Like, if you start up front, for instance, you get Joel Osman, who... You know, probably one of the better defenders in the group of five. He does have 12 sacks, far and away the best on the team. And he does have 18 and a half tackles for loss. But, um, hold on a second. I'll pause now. And, you know, when you look at their linebackers, they have a couple of guys. You know, Alex Breon's eight and a half tackles for loss, three sacks. Um, you know, Michael Oliver, Malik Fountain, both of those guys pretty steady, I think, overall. And in the secondary, they got Josh Cox, who picked off six passes, which is one of the best figures in the MAC. So Wyoming's going to have to be careful that, you know, even if they're not necessarily efficient, they can't give the ball away either. Because, you know, as we just noted, the Chippewas have been one of those teams that's more than happy to take advantage of that. Well, you know, this could cause a problem. Because who likes to make uh, ill-advised passes at times? Uh, That would be Josh Allen. Just, just saying. Just saying. Um, he hasn't played in a couple games. He might be, yeah, he, a little nervous. Not nervous, but just anticipatory. Wants to be back out there, anxious. And that's it happened. But I've people know I'm not the biggest Josh Allen fan this year. But the way they can get the ball, Michigan, what Central Michigan there can pick him off. You gotta, you gotta be careful there. So I, maybe get Austin Ford, James out there to catch some passes. Maybe C.J. Johnson. But you gotta make smart plays because. Both teams will get turnovers, so I'm wondering if this could end up being a low-scoring game because each team could, whatever, go two for two in turnovers, essentially go even. It, it's simple. It's a simple. So one thing that could come down to this game, like you mentioned, turnover battle, where each team likes to turn the ball over. They're very good. Like I said, one means number one turnover margin. And we discussed how Josh Allen, uh, not the best at uh, making the smartest decisions out there. So this could be a game, I, I'm thinking because of the way both defenses are and that they can create turnovers, that this might be like a low-scoring game because if you look at the over-under, it's about 45 points. That's pretty low. Yeah, and I mean, I think that if you look at Central Michigan, you know, I, I mentioned this when we did kind of our first look podcast preview. They are kind of an all-or-nothing offense. And while, you know, kind of like the defense, they were putting it together, especially late in the year, on the whole, Shane Morris has been very hit or miss. Like, on the year, he's got 26 touchdowns, but he also has 13 interceptions. And, you know, his sack rate's a little bit better than Josh Allen's. But when you consider the playmakers that Wyoming has on their front four, you know, they've got, you know, guys like Carl Granderson, Johanna Guyfan, who... It wouldn't surprise me on both sides if the pass rush, you know, how well their rushers can get to the quarterback. Whoever does it better ends up being kind of the biggest X factor in this game. And while the Chippewas do have a little bit better running game than the Cowboys do, it basically comes down to one guy, Jonathan Ward, who, you know, he does have nearly a thousand yards. He does have nine touchdowns. He does average right around six yards carry. But he's basically it. They don't have anybody else that has made much of an impact besides, you know, a carrier two here or there. So if they could shut him down, force Morris to be one-dimensional, then I think that's where it gets really interesting because if it's going to come back to turnovers, 
you know, you've got Andrew Wingard, Marcus Epps back there. You've got Rico Gafford, who, you know, had four interceptions of his own this year. Logan Wilson. Logan Wilson, yeah. So I feel like the path to victory is oddly similar for both of these teams. It's just a matter of, I think, you know, who's going to rush the passer better, who's going to make the offense more one-dimensional, and who's going to make a mistake first. I think that's correct as well because I think passing game, like look at uh, like what Central Michigan has. Like I said, if they're, if they're one-dimensional, I think they're okay being one-dimensional because look at like the touchdowns they've had. This year. Like they, yeah, they have a uh, Corey Wilson has nine, but they throw the deep ball very well. They have four, three, three guys with five or more touchdowns. They have well, at least half a dozen passes minimum. There could be probably more of over 40 yards in this game. Or, I mean, in, from the season, they have plenty of guys who have, let's see, guys who have 10 or more catches, there's all but one have 13 yards per catch or 10 yards per mm-hmm. catch. So they're all getting the first down except for like John, the running back Jonathan Ward who gets in this as well. He has 41 receptions on his own. And so they're more of like he, he's like you said, like to go downfield would say boomer bust or something earlier. They're going to go downfield, but I think if they are one-dimensional, I think Central Michigan would be okay doing that. They don't complete a ton. Like Both quarterbacks are about 55%. They both kind of look the same with the amount of touchdowns and interception ratio. But I think one of the edge would be receiving for Central Michigan for just for what they have. Like all these guys, they spread it around. Four guys have 40 or, or sorry, 25 or more receptions. So they get the ball to all these players. And so if they're going to have to pass, if, they, if it comes down to who's going to pass better, I think it, the edge goes to Central Michigan. That may be true. But I think one thing that can be instructive, you know, we just mentioned a little bit ago how the Chippewas do have the best pass defense in the MAC, but they've struggled against other really good pass defenses in the MAC. And so, if you go by the if you go by the numbers, you know, Toledo and Miami of Ohio ended up second and third in by quarterback rating in conference play. And if you look at what Morris did in both of those games, he was well under fifty percent. He was under six yards per, per attempt, and he only had two touchdowns and four interceptions. So I think if you're a Wyoming fan, that I think is a <laughs> that I think is a really good sign because you know if he can beat up against good teams but struggle or beat up against bad teams and struggle against good teams, I mean we already know that Wyoming's a really good pass defense, and so yeah, it might just come down to. You know, if they make a mistake, are they going to be able to convert it? Because, you know, Wyoming in particular has given themselves quite an advantage as far as field position throughout the year. You know, they've on average started at around the 33 yard line, which a lot of that I'm assuming is owed to the turnovers they've been able to create. But they're just outside the top 50 as far as points per trip inside the 40. So I think that, you know, if they get. For instance, if Morris throws an interception deep in his own territory and Wyoming sets up shop at, like, let's say the 30 or 35-yard line, I think it could come down to whether the Cowboys can get 7 versus 3 or whether they can get 3 versus 0 because, you know, they've been a little bit hit or miss as far as that goes all year long. Yeah, look at the uh, Colorado State game. They got close yeah. a couple times. They finally broke through with the one Josh Allen touchdown, but they're set, settling for field goals. One quick note yes. about another Shane Morris. His best game of the year. Did, have you noticed who that was against? Uh, I did not. The make note of that. Kansas Jayhawks. <laughs> Oof. 
467 yards, five touchdowns, 75% completion rate. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure every team in the Mountain West could beat Kansas. At this just saying, that's just I'm looking through. I'm like, okay, because yards per attempt, I see 5.9 versus Miami, Ohio, six versus Syracuse, 4.9 versus Toledo, and then I see the pop it at 12.6 yards per attempt, 467 yards. But he can get in the end zone. But it's yeah, when they play bad teams, like they play pretty well against them, which makes sense for a quarterback who's okay. So mm-hmm. it's. I think it's going to come down to, I don't know, because both defenses are pretty good. Like, I know it's kind of dumb to say both teams match up well, but they kind of do. They have similar tendencies, except I would say the running game, obviously, much better for Central Michigan than Wyoming. That's the big edge. But, like, the way they pass, their field get their completion rate, the touchdowns, interceptions, are not that far from each other. They both create turnovers. They both have a solid defense. Like, there's a couple guys mentioned, like, who's the, um, yeah, like Josh Cox, who has six interceptions. He has four games with over nine tackles, 82 on the year. It was all Mac last year, second team all Mac. And he had two interceptions last – or was that um, – no, sorry, not the last week. Sorry, it was a different game looking at. But they have guys on this team that, that make plays. And it's it's dumb to say they're similar, but outside of the running game, they kind of are. And, again, I would probably give receiving edge to Central Michigan because they spread, out, spread it out a bit more. But maybe uh, this will be Austin Ford again um, – Touchdown to catch ratio is one to one. I mean, it could be. I just, you know, one of the, one last thing maybe before we get to predictions. I don't know if we're there at that point yet. But one thing, I, you know, you mentioned the fact that you know, strength versus strength lines up in a lot of ways. You know, Central Michigan, we we've talked about how they they beat up on bad teams and they struggle against good teams. But you know, by the explosive metric uh, at Football Study Hall. They do rank 12th on offense overall, which I still think means something. But it's also going up against the defense in Wyoming that ranks third in defensive explosiveness. So if this is one of those instances where it could come down to also the fact that, you know, if if somebody can get behind the defense and, you know, catch like a 40 or 50 yard pass to set up a late field goal or something like that, you know, in that particular instance, you know, it's hard to say whether one team has the edge over the other, but that's something to keep an eye on because that's something that Wyoming themselves haven't really shown much at all this year. Like they benefited from great field position, like I said, but on offense they rank 113th in explosiveness on offense. Yeah, so it, we'll see. We'll get a prediction for sure, but it's I don't know these, these teams like explosive. That's a big deal because what the, what these teams can bring either side of the ball doing that. It's uh. Football study halls are really wrong. There's a reason there's a market for people wanting to find all those fun numbers or di- diving deep more than yards per player. Yards allowed per play. But one, one, yeah. one note as well, like, these two teams are sort of going in the opposite direction because, well, I mean, like, look at the past couple of games. They have been – part of it, Josh Allen's out, but they lost to San Jose State. They've lost three of their last – I guess three and three in the last six. Two in a row. Lost to Fresno, a close one. San Jose barely beat Air Force, who's not very good this year. Squeaked by CSU or Central Michigan. Haven't they won their last four games? Is that correct? Uh, that is – they've won their last five oh, games. Oh, five games. So they're kind of in the hot, in, hot streak. In six of their last seven. Yeah, and the one loss was the pretty good Toledo team. So it's – they're – now, yeah, I could, and NIE's pretty good too, and so they're kind of going the opposite direction. But I, I'm wondering how much of a spark Josh Allen will provide for the team. It's his last game. He's not skipping out in the bowl game. He's healthy from the shoulder injury. 
Because this is also the time frame that I mentioned. AC joints take about six weeks, and then we're pretty much at that mark. And he's been practicing with the team for at least a week, maybe more, take and taking first-team reps. And so it's not like he's coming in cold. It's not like he's going to hopefully game-time split time with Nick Smith. But he's going to play. He's going to want to play. And I think he's going to want to do a lot in this game. And I'm I just, I just not too confident saying he's going to overexert himself, showcase himself at his last game. Because he hasn't officially declared, but he's – Pretty much declared. He's as a foot up. He's he's gone. Yeah, he's not coming back, even though it's not official. Pretty sure it'll happen after the game or something. But I'm wondering how much he'll want to show show off his Wyoming pride and just sling it and play as be- as well as he can. But they, like we see him wanting to do too much, not just this year, but going. I, I mentioned many times last year, multiple games last year, he'll make dumb, not dumb plays, but he'll try to do too much. He'll try to run to get the extra yard or two when he should slide or throw it out of bounds or find the easy pass. Wondering how much will that? How much do you think that could impact this game? I think there could be a good. He could be boomer bust this game. That's what I'm thinking, and it's that's why it's hard to predict. Oh, for sure. I mean, you. I mean, you mentioned the fact that they're kind of going in opposite directions. I don't know that that's entirely accurate. If only because the defense has done its part pretty much all throughout conference play to keep them in yeah, games. I could, yeah, for it's sure. Been the offense's fa- it's been the offense's failures that caught up with them in the games that they lost. You know, not only in, in San, against San Jose State, not only against Fresno State, but, you know, they had a chance against Boise, too. Mm-hmm. And the offense just never got it going. You know, they held Boise to 24 points, which, if I'm not mistaken, one of the better figures of any team in the conference this year. Like, Fresno State held them down a couple times. But, you know, holding that offense to 24 points, not an easy feat. Yeah, every other, yeah, so, every other game was 40-plus besides the uh, Fresno and Wyoming games. So, I mean, I don't think it's a stretch to say that if the Cowboys want to win this game, Josh Allen has to do better. He will do better, I think. I think, I think this will be a good game for him. I still think it'll be close because the running game is just, I'll say just bad. It's not good at all. Because the odds mm-hmm. of somebody doing whoever is whoever's going to run the ball and they, what they want to do it's not going to be amazing so i think it's going to be close yeah. to them. before um before we get to predictions here we had one question which i didn't realize the answer until it came through twitter now do you know the name of the potato mascot oh of course i do it's spuddy buddy i did not realize that i did not think about it until somebody nicely replied a message on here you replied to something else i put tater i know i was i was Dang, joking you messed with me. <laughs> I, know, I, was, I just couldn't think about it but it's buddy buddy and then we mentioned this in our last show i think What's your favorite potato? Because we were going to discuss this. Ooh. Um, and this could be. Just, and this could be real quick. Hold on. Let's you think for a second. It could be. Doesn't have to be French fry. It can be any sort of potato product. Which could be. It could also mean the um, Idaho Spud candy bar that's in Idaho. First of all, I've never even heard of that. It's an Idaho thing. It's, it sometimes trickles in and, Utah because I'm close by. <laughs> And secondly, I'm assuming I can't just say yes. Okay, tell me this: what potato do you not like? What potato do I not like? No, well, see, even I, I had some time to think about it. I couldn't think of a single thing that I didn't like. Au gratin is not my favorite. I like au gratin all right every once in a while. We put a little... But okay, so I'll tell you because like, you were asking me what my favorite fry was. Yeah. So I'll give. Yeah, that let's go to French you real fry. Quick. What's your favorite French fry? Crinkle cut. Crinkle cut. Plain or Crink... so? Oh, you mean not crisp cut? Crinkle cut. Crinkle cut what? with a, with a little bit of salt, a little bit of ketchup. Okay, that's all you need. What type do you do? You have a fast food place, or you get like the Orida, put in your oven, cook them yourself, deep fry them. No, very rarely. They got to be from like a fast food restaurant. So, like, there's a local there's a local place around here. Okay. Which, if you're a Fresno listener, 
go to Triangle Drive uh, Drive In, you will not regret. Because okay. I'm, I'm starting to think of that because not many fast food places do the crinkle cut. Exactly. You got the uh, curly fries at Arby's. You have Chris mm-hmm. cut at Carl's or Hardee's, depending where you're at in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack in the Box does some, some does some really good curly fries, I think. That's true. Uh, Rally rallies slash checkers. I don't know what if they have that. Uh, in Utah I've, I've been to checkers maybe once. I'm fr- they got they have seasoned fries. Pretty you know, good. You know, you know what my best fry might be? Cajun Five Guys French fries. Ooh. Okay, yeah. I'm d- I can also, see because also Wendy's. Okay, yes. Wendy's has really they are. Fries. That's an underrated fry because my little boy's like, I, I think he's like, because he like Five Guys as well. He likes plain though. He's like, I think it's like, Dad, I think Wendy's is my favorite fry. I'm like, okay, that's a good choice because they added that sea salt recently to it, at least a couple years ago. You're raising him up right. Exactly. He, he likes Five Guys. He likes uh, Wendy's. Um, good to go, right? Trying mm-hmm. to think. I would say another fry that's pretty good is uh, Carlos Jr.'s uh, Cajun. Or no, Carl's Jr.'s uh, Chris Cut fries. Because Chris Cut's almost like a, cr- a, a crinkle cut. Yeah. No. Oh, he'd tell, he'd nah. tell me no. Nah. Let me ask you anyway. the definitive question because people always say In and Out fries are very good. That's because they are. Okay. Just, I didn't know if you stood on, on that ground or not. If we're going to be friends still or not after the show. Also, you got to go animal style. Of course. Have you ever had. Of course. I, I know people say it's overrated. It's not very good. It's. Even though it's right right across the street from my house, I still go occasionally, not as much as I used to, because when it's close by, it's easier. But have you ever had one last thing, two last things here? Because we're talking food because we do before predictions. Have you actually ever tried a protein style there? Just lettuce wrap. Uh, no, it's actually worth it. It's really good. No, why would I do that to myself? I was. Here's <laughs> why I did it for a while. I at one point lost like fifty pounds, which is great. Mm-hmm. And I stopped doing that, so some has come back. But part of it was don't eat as many carbs. So I'm like, but I could have, like, I could make my meal essentially be fine and not worry about outside of like some carbs or stuff or limit. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I can have a burger, I can have cheeseburger. So I tried it, and the reason why it's actually pretty good, they actually put enough lettuce where it's actually worthwhile to make it yourself. Some places I used to try, I'm like, I'll try it here. Like they'll put like two little thin least pieces of lettuce, so it's like just a greasy burger. I'm like, that's disgusting. So, just wondering if you ever get to hankering, just give it a try. Nah, I think. I'm have good. you seen the tomato bun burger thing to have In and Out? <laughs> no, why would anybody I? I don't do know. That? that one just seems too messy and too much tomato, right? I don't even like tomato. Well, that, that's that's a problem there if you don't like tomato. But I saw it because because I, I was just looking for interesting things to eat that I could eat because I can only like I say, I can only a certain amount of certain, certain amount of certain items. I'm like, no, it's not good. But same protein. If you ever want to, give it a try. But let's get to predictions. Mm. Oh, okay. Let's do that. Actually, my internet fries are good. Only complaint: they get told cold too quickly. I think. Thank you for listening to the Mountain West Wire podcast, your number one source for fry and fast food talk. And it's not even off season yet, so you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> because they're anyway. Yeah, but let's, so let's get to predictions. Yes, predictions. Uh, we'll have plenty of time for nonsense. So this game over under it increased a couple because it was a pick'em. It was minus one for Wyoming. Now minus three, so they're favored. Uh, it's it. Do you think there's any edge for being in Boise since they've played there before? Any edge whatsoever? No, I mean, from what I understand, Wyoming has only sold like what a thousand tickets to the game. Oh, they're close. I forget. I forget who put it. I think it was either Brandon Foster or Robert Gagliardi had mentioned they wanted to sell like twenty five hundred, and they're right around a thousand right now. So I mean, I'm not thinking that there will be much of a like a home field advantage one way or the other. 
it just kind of you know is what it is with most bowl games. Okay, no, true. I just kind of figured Wyoming because Larry me to there. It's still, it's still a long drive, but still, if you're gonna drive, but and over under forty five. I'm gonna pick Wyoming to win twenty seven to twenty. You think they'll score that much? Sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think they'll get there. Because Josh Allen's going to want to step it up. And I think he'll we'll have good and good Josh Allen, not uh, bust Josh Allen. Okay, first of all, give me the under. Oh, the under. Wow. Because I think it's going to be an ugly game. Especially if it rains, I guess, or snows. I mean, I think that both of these offenses are going to have a really hard time getting traction. But I think that if I were going to trust one or the other, I would I would trust Central Michigan to be a little more balanced overall. I think they've shown maybe a little more ability to run the ball down the stretch than Wyoming's shown all season long. And if there's one thing that could make a difference in this game to take pressure off of you know quarterbacks on either side, it's going to be that. I think Ward is going to end up making a huge difference in this game. And I would take Central Michigan to win fourteen to ten. Wow, fourteen to ten. Yeah, it's a little scoring affair there. All right, you say fourteen ten. I say twenty seven twenty. Maybe I'm thinking of special teams because they have a what, Smith back there has a couple touchdowns this year. Maybe they'll be a. Well, I'm going to pull out the tricks from last year. Where they get a defensive touchdown from like Wingard or Logan Wilson or a Carl Granderson handoff from the quarterback. <laughs> like, what game was that this year that happened? In where basically it looked like a handoff. Oh, was that I, was that Boise? I'm trying to remember. No, I'm trying to remember what it was. I don't. But I do remember him in the backfield. It looked like a handoff. <laughs> no, this is going to be a defensive street fight. I'm telling you right now. Okay, that's fair. I think I think it will be. But I think so, I think there'll be a few more points than you're thinking. But that's what we got for this show. So hope you enjoyed food talk and bowl talk. It's buddy, buddy, and also um, gift bag real quick. Some Oakley sunglasses, some Under Armour, an Under Armour backpack, and the much-needed beanie, which you'll probably see on the sideline with it being 30 degrees during the kickoff. Not bad. So check us out, mwire.com, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Blog Talk Radio, tune in, and uh, check out our other bowl recaps and previews we've been doing this past uh, week or so. And get ready for afternoon football, and again, ignore your boss and just watch football and say, who cares, Christmas is on Monday, it's the last day of the week, I don't care. I'm out of here. With that... We'll see you next time.